0: Thank <laughs> Ecto-1 Radio, your Ghostbusters podcast. We are brought to you here by Ticket, Stubs, and Cassette Tapes, my regular movie podcast. Please check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Ticket, Stubs, and Cassette Tapes, and check out our YouTube page as well. All of these uh, episodes of Ecto-1 Radio are available on YouTube, as well as uh, a little bit of Ghostbusters Gaming on that channel as well, so uh, go check those out. Um, All right today is september the 18th 2023 i've been a little off schedule with my releases of the episodes i know that one uh had i think i had to wait about an extra week to release and then uh you know this one is a little bit off schedule because i'm not recording nor am i releasing on a saturday or a sunday which is usually what i try to do um But I had an idea for, you know, a topic I I really wanted to talk about and something I've been kind of thinking about lately in terms of uh, Ghostbusters, and we'll get into that. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Ghostbusters 3 over the years, uh, going all the way back to the 90s, and, um, you know, how that project or, you know, I guess Uh, series of projects never really came to fruition Um, you know and I know Dan Aykroyd was a big champion of you know that happening a Ghostbusters 3 happening but um, you know it just never really happened the way that we thought it was going to happen and I'd like to talk about that first I want to make mention that you know we're we're late in September now we're getting close to October. Uh, we've got about another week and a half of, of September and, um, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year. October is where, in my opinion, the year really starts getting towards winding down. You know, we're looking towards next year, you're getting close to the holiday season. Um, and you know, things really start moving fast, at least in my world, um, when you get you know, really into October, uh, you know, going towards the end of the year. And so, you know, I've mentioned this before and I, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but we're really, really getting closer every single day to the release of the, uh, the next Ghostbusters film in March. Um, and we're getting really close to what would be a normal window for a trailer to drop um you know i have been saying for a couple of months that you know if this if the the movie date is indeed pushed back to the spring which i thought it would be then uh you know you could be looking around maybe halloween time maybe even a little earlier than that in october for a trailer um i would i would doubt that they would wait until you know closer to the end of the year november or december but they very well could um, you also have to take into account that we don't really one hundred percent know right now if this movie's even gonna release in March because we still have the uh the strikes going on with you know the the actors and and um writers and and all that going on right now um and you know nobody really knows when we're gonna see that come to an end when we're gonna see that get resolved. And, you know, the reality of the situation is right now, if that goes over into next year, uh, if that goes through December into January, you could very, very easily see that, that release date pushed back even further. And, you know, I know nobody wants that to happen, um, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they'll come to a resolution before that point, but... um you know that's still a possibility. March is not one hundred percent set in stone at this point for the release of um, the next Ghostbusters film. But with that being said, it's very likely that that will be the release date if things work out with the strike. And um, and so we're looking at October for a trailer, I think, in my in my personal opinion. So we're really close, guys. We're we're you know. I would say probably within a couple of weeks of that window being open, and you know I think I've mentioned this before too, but don't you know don't really expect a whole lot out of a first trailer i th- I think you would you're very much gonna get a teaser uh you know first and and it you know you're gonna get up probably a title reveal um you'll get a few shots of the movie um. I really, really heavily doubt they'll go into any plot stuff. It's just going to be, you know, here's your characters that you remember from Afterlife. Here's maybe a new character. Um, Here's some shots of New York. Here's some shots of the Ecto driving in New York. Um, You know, maybe a couple of, you know, proton pack shots. You know, the shooting off the neutronal ones. You know, you're just going to get some basic stuff, I think, in the first one. And um, and that's enough for me. You know, I would just really like to see something come out of the production of this movie at this point. Even though, you know, they... I mean, they just started filming the thing in, what, you know, April, May, you know, whatever it was. So, you know, it, it's not as though you know we've waited too long for this this has actually been a very quick production so far but yeah i mean i it would be cool just to see something and i think we're going to very soon so a lot of reason to be excited right now a lot of reason and i'm i'm really really excited for it for you know just for the reason of being a ghostbusters fan and wanting to see something new But I'm also excited about it because, you know, like right now, I'm in such a Ghostbusters mood, um, and I'm ready to move forward with some new Ghostbusters content, um, and I'm ready to, you know, do some more episodes on what we get out of this movie. Unfortunately, right now, we just don't have a whole lot, and, um... And that kind of sucks right now, but we knew, and I talked about this, we kind of knew this was going to be a dead period right now. Um, and and that's kind of just what you deal with. But, you know, we as Ghostbusters fans, we know dead periods better uh, than any other fan base on the planet. You know, we, from 1989 until, you know, i guess you could basically say 2009 we basically waited those 20 years for um you know something new to happen and you know that's when we got the video game and even though that wasn't any you know live action stuff um you know it was just so cool to have the game and and the 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 you know the original actors back is the cast in the you know in the voice acting roles and um, that was really cool. And then in twenty sixteen you had a movie, although it was a reboot. And I will say, even though, you know, I've made it pretty clear on here I'm not a fan of the, the Paul Feig reboot. It was kinda cool, I'll be honest, to just see Ghostbusters kinda out and about there in the in the mainstream um content, mainstream media world again. Um, even though uh, you know, a lot of it was for the wrong reasons and I think, you know, a lot of politics went into that, but Um, It kind of was cool just to see that out there again. And there was something cool about going to the theater to watch a Ghostbusters movie at that time. And, um, you know, again, it wasn't the original Ghostbusters. It was just a a remake of the original. And, um, you know, I think that it, in my opinion, failed to capture, you know, what the first movie did so well in that movie. But at the same time, at that point in time, at that point in history especially given that Harold Ramis had just passed away a couple of years earlier. Um, there was something a little exciting about it just being out there. And, and, you know, Ghostbusters being out there. When Afterlife came out, I mean, that was just, you know, mind-blowing that that even happened. Um, so I say all that to sort of say this. We, we know what it's like to not have anything going on, right? And and so this isn't a big deal, but it will be really cool when a trailer comes out, maybe another poster, you know, just some stuff to talk about and I, and I'm really looking forward to that and um if all goes well, I'm expecting October and really from from October to to March, I'm expecting those months to be great months for the podcast and uh you know, getting to talk with you guys. Um, about what we're getting in, you know, consistently in the Ghostbusters world. So, you know, really looking forward to that. Next year is the 40th anniversary. You know, we'll have some cool stuff going on for that too. So there's so much to look forward to. We just kind of have to get through um, these periods right now where we're not, you know, seeing or hearing a whole lot. But uh, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. But let's talk about this, these these dead periods uh, in the Ghostbusters world. Uh, fandom world and specifically what I'm referring to is 1990 until about that 2016 period um because I think you know there's so much there and you know I kind of want to start with my perspective and I and again I've talked about this a little bit before but you know we um we long-time ghostbusters fans, I think we all have our own experiences with um you know searching the internet in the very early days of the internet. Um all the way up until 2016 just, you know, just going through articles and going through fan pages and and you know just going through uh message boards and all this just trying to find something ghostbusters related that maybe is new and you know looking for any piece of news that there could be something happening in the in the world of ghostbusters and leaning on every word Dan Aykroyd said in interviews and um you know I know I certainly went through that you know I I can remember um uh you know with 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 Ghostbusters Hellbent uh which we'll talk about in a minute I can remember you know, just really reading all about it, and at the time being super disappointed, because it was kind of known at, at uh, I, you know, I forget what point in time this was, I think mean, it was a very early 2000s, um, being really disappointed that it was pretty obvious that that movie wasn't going to happen, and, and, you know, it was kind of defunct at that point, but, um, you know, just wanting anything to happen. And what I kind of wanted to talk about today, you know, jumping off of that is, did we get a better result, uh, from waiting, uh, you know, for Ghostbusters afterlife? Did we ultimately get a better result than what we would have gotten if Dan Aykroyd would have gotten one of those movies green, greenlit and made essentially, you know, a Ghostbusters three, because, You know, Jason Reitman has mentioned before, and I agree with him, that, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife is not really a Ghostbusters 3. Ghostbusters 3 would be a Ghostbusters movie made in the same vein of the first two movies where you have the four original guys and, you know, just going through, you know similar things they went through in the first movie that that would the first couple of movies that that would have been Ghostbusters 3 right Ghostbusters Afterlife was a follow-up I think you know but you know everybody calls them re, you know, kind of requels or reboots or whatever where you know way down the line years later newer characters pick up the story of uh, you know original franchises and that's really what Ghostbusters Afterlife was. Now, I mean, I guess you could say it technically it is a Ghostbusters 3. It's a, it's a third movie set in that universe. But for all intents and purposes, it's not a Ghostbusters 3 as we would have thought, you know, say circa 2005, as we would have thought a Ghostbusters 3 would be at that point in time, right? It's a very different kind of movie. If you told us in, in 2005, let's just say that uh okay we got Jason Reitman here and he's gonna make a movie about um you know Egon's kid uh or I guess you could say grandkid at that point in time, although I don't know that the character of Egon would have been old enough at that time to have that old of a grandchild. I guess he would have. But um let's just let's just okay, let's just say in two thousand and five you would have said um, you know, here's a go, a new Ghostbusters movie. Jason Rotman's making it. Um, you know, it's going to be about Egon's long lost daughter that we never knew about. He knew about, but kept it secret. And then her daughter and her son, and, you know, they move out to a small town and Egon, you know, had moved out there because he had basically split up from the Ghostbusters and, um, you know, he detected that Gozer was coming back and, um, you know, this new family, the Spengler, Spengler family is going to have to, um, you know, figure all this out and, you know, save the day, whatever. Would we have been as excited for that back then? And I don't, you know, I don't think we would have. And, you know, it's not really fair because Harold Ramis was obviously still alive at that point so you had all the resources there uh to make a uh an actual what we would have considered Ghostbusters 3 at that point in time um although I don't think back then Bill Murray would have ever I don't think he would have done anything Ghostbusters related I mean you know even years after that, going back to like the early 2010s, you know, go, you, you, you still got Bill Murray out here saying, you know, he he would only be in a third Ghostbusters movie if they killed him off, um, in the movie. And that, you know, he was pretty hard on that stance at the time. And he, he seems to have sort of softened up on that tone nowadays and seems to be in a much better place with the franchise. Obviously we just had him in afterlife and we're getting him probably for even more of the movie in this next one. So, you know that times have changed a lot of a lot of that, and and obviously the passing of Harold Ramis had an effect on him, I'm sure. But um, how would we have felt about that back then? Because I think we were still in full on Ghostbusters three mode. We wanted Ghostbusters three, but the real question is, and the, and the question I'm presenting to you is. Was what we got in Afterlife? Was that ultimately probably better than what we would have ever gotten in a Ghostbusters three? And at first, and and here's the thing: I want you to really think about this because at first you might be saying, "Well, heck no," um. You know, I would have loved to have gotten a Ghostbusters three with the original cast, and at first thought, I agree with you. I'm on the same thing, but at the same time. The first Ghostbusters movie is, in my opinion, almost perfect, even though it's not considered the best movie ever made or even considered a perfect movie by most movie fans and critics. But to me, it's perfect because of that mix of of writing and comedy and improvisation and story and... Some of it probably just some happenstance, but it's so perfect in that way. And Ghostbusters 2 has its charm and has its really good qualities. And then, you know, it has some stuff in there people don't love. But, you know, a lot of people have softened up on Ghostbusters 2 over the years. It's much less critically um, disliked today than it was 20 years ago. A lot of people have really softened up their stance on that movie. Um, you know, at the time it was heavily criticized for being very similar to the first one, but not as well executed. The story wasn't as good. And, you know, I can kind of agree with, with a lot of that stuff. But again, I think that movie has its charm. I think that it, it is a pretty good follow up sequel. It's just not as good as the first one. And I think that's the problem that people really tend to be harsh on sequels if they're not as good as the first one. And to me, it doesn't, it never had to be as good as the first Ghostbusters. I thought it was a serviceable sequel, and I enjoy watching Ghostbusters too. But would the third one, given the times and given the types of movies that were coming out in those times, and given what we know, or what little we know about what they were actually thinking about making in those third Ghostbusters movies, would those have? Been worth the sacrifice to give up what we got in Afterlife and what we're getting now as a follow up to Afterlife. And that's hard to say on that front because we don't know what we're getting in the next movie, right? There's very little known about it. But ultimately, this is a Ghostbusters Afterlife versus the defunct Ghostbusters 3 scripts. Which one would have been better? So, what I want to do is I want to kind of go through some of those Ghostbusters 3. Storylines that were talked about at the time uh, that Dan Aykroyd talked so much about in so many interviews. Um, You even had Harold Ramis talk about some of them. You had uh, Ivan Reitman talk about some of them. So, you know, I would like to go through some of those and um, just kind of weigh the pros and cons of, you know, what they contained, what little we know about them, and compare that to what we got. And I want to start with Hellbent, because that was kind of the first one, and it's one that we probably know the most about, but it's the most well-known one, and I kind of want to go through that first. So I'm going to read here a little bit about it. Um, so this was in the 90s, and um, you know, this was a Dan Aykroyd written script, uh, obviously Ghostbusters Street Hellbent, that was the title for it. Um, and this would have been a really, really different movie. This would have been something closer to what, um, Dan Ackwood kind of envisioned for the first movie, um, where you're dealing with alternate, you know, versions of the universe. And, um, you know, in the first one, it was way more out, you know, in the, in his first script or first draft of the original movie it was it was way more out there with space travel and all this other kind of stuff but this one was you know it got a little bit out there think um when when i think of uh the hellbent script and what we what i'm about to talk about when it comes to actual specific details it really makes me think of a nothing but trouble vibe. If you've ever seen nothing but trouble um, with Dan Aykroyd and and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, um, that was a early early nineties movie um, that is not very good. Um, it's funny. I you know I like to watch it. You've got John Candy in there as well. Um, I do enjoy watching it, but it's pretty, it's a pretty dumb movie. It's an, it's, you know, it's not a well-received movie at all, but there is something a little charming about it with, you know, just who's in it and, and the time period and everything. But this movie kind of gives me those vibes where it was going to be really silly and over the top and way, way sillier than anything we got in Ghostbusters one and two. But let's talk about this, uh, the, the details that we have for this. So... This movie would have seen the, the Ghostbusters team transported to an alternate version of Manhattan called Manhelton. So that just kind of tells you right off the top, you know, what kind of vibe we're going for. Um, in this movie, the Ghostbusters have become an actual corporation with a whole fleet of ecto-cars. Um, Winston is now Dr. Zedamore, so he got a doctorate. Um, Ackroyd described hell as not some distant dimension, but you know, kind of right next door. It's essentially a flipped, um, uh, version of Manhattan. It, I think I heard him describe it one time where it's kind of like the negative for a photo. So you see a photo and then you also have a negative of the photo. And that's kind of what manhelton Manhattan was for Manhattan. It was kind of, you know, just a, a dimension that uh, was right next to the real Manhattan. Um, in in this you know alternate dimension of manhattan everybody would have basically uh everybody would basically be their evil twin version of what they are in, in the real world right that's what he was thinking um uh the movie's big bad would have been the devil himself um named luke luke silfer so i think that's right luke silfer yeah, that's right. Luke Silver, as in, like, Lucifer? Luke Silver? Um, I, I think it's actually Lou Silver. This, this article I'm reading says Luke Silver, but I, I believe it's... Uh, I want to say it, he, he envisioned it as being Lou Silver. Um, Aykroyd co-wrote the script with uh, his co-the-conehead's writing partner, Tom Davis, and it was one of the funnier takes on a Ghostbusters sequel out there. Now, obviously, that's in a opinion piece. Um, Ackroyd actually said in a 2012 interview that man, was not his idea for Ghostbusters three, but rather for a fourth or fifth film. Once the franchise was back up and running, who knows? I mean, he kind of went back and forth on so many of those uh, ideas that it, it, it's really hard to say. And in 2012 was so much later uh, than when the, the hell-bent script was you know written and, and really talked about. So it's hard to say. But um, how do I feel about this? I think it, personally for me, something that would be cool for a video game, I think it's a little bit out there even for Ghostbusters. I, I personally, I know that a lot of people really liked the script and wanted it to be made. I I just think this movie in the time period that it was going to come out in, if it if it was actually greenlit, um, you have to take into account Bill Murray would, was not going to be in this. There was just no way. Um, I just don't think this movie would have went over very well. I, I think that for those of you who say that Ghostbusters two is a little out there and you know, it's not your favorite. I think those people would have especially hated this movie. Um, because it would have been over-the-top goofy in a way that um, I don't think a lot of people would have liked. That's, and that's just me. Um, you know, and I know that you kind of have to walk that fine line with Ghostbusters because they they are comedies. And, and, you know, you have to understand who's writing them and who's a part of them. And the first two movies are goofy and funny and all that. But really in a way that doesn't take away from... Um, the threats of the movie and, you know, there's, you know, sort of their science fiction slash horror aspects, you know, it doesn't take away from that stuff. Um, and I think this would have, this may have been a little bit much, but it's so hard to tell. I don't know if the script for this actually ever leaked. I know it, I know that, um, it's been talked about forever. And I do remember reading something 20 years ago on the internet that that seemed like that was a leaked script, but I don't know if that was really ever legit. Um, but this one, the, the Ghostbusters three Hellbent, has, it's, it's, you know, it's a, a, a Ghostbusters defunct movie as old as time. It's been around forever. Us Ghostbusters fans, longtime fans are, you know, well-versed in this, you know, defunct script and, um, you know, who knows if it would have actually ever worked out. I, I don't know, but I, I, you know, we'll keep going here and we'll, we'll, we'll compare all these as a whole to, to afterlife here in a second. Um, all right. Ghostbusters three new blood. Um, in 2011, Ackroyd was talking about a very different ghostbusters three script. One that at the time seemed a bit more realistic When asked about Bill Murray's refusal to appear in the movie, Aykroyd stressed that the point of the movie is to figuratively and literally pass down the responsibilities of busting ghosts to New Blood. Part of that reason, he explained, would be the original Ghostbusters simply can't hack it anymore. Um, His character Ray is now blind in one eye and can't drive the Cadillac. He's got a bad knee and can't carry the pack. Egon is too large to get in the harness. We need young blood and that's the promise. We're going to hand it to a new uh, generation for casting. They would need three guys, three guys and a young woman. One of his suggestions was a criminal mind star, Matthew gray, goobler. Um, this one, I don't know as much about, and I don't think a lot of people do. And there's so little detail to this, right? I mean, all he's basically saying is that we're too old and fat to do the job anymore. So we're passing it to a younger generation. And that's one of the problems, um, is (laughs) I just don't know that people would have responded as well to the joke of, we're just too old and fat and we're going to hand it to you. I mean, nowadays it's more understandable, right? Because they're, um, these guys are too old and, 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 not in the you know the greatest shape anymore and 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 they can't do it, and that's why you are going to get a new generation. but afterlife did such a great job of it wasn't a movie where Ray and peter and or Egon or Winston just run into younger kids and say, "Hey, you take over as the ghostbusters." I like the fact that the story. just progresses to that point because these kids are discovering their heritage and discovering, you know, the threat at the same time and, you know, why things are in the shape that they're in and, you know, kind of discovering the lore, rediscovering the lore. And we, as the fans got to kind of relive that through those characters And I really like the way they pass the torch in that way, rather than just, you know, hey, somebody else needs to be the Ghostbusters now because we can't do it. And and, and that just being the movie, I, I just don't think that you do yourself a lot of justice in that kind of script and getting the audience to buy into new characters, right? Kind of feels like you need a little bit more there because it's not as simple. And I think this is something even Dan Aykroyd fails to understand a little bit. It's not as simple as people love Ghostbusters, the idea of Ghostbusters. So let's just give it to new people and people will continue to love it for generations because it's just Ghostbusters. No, 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 no. Uh, part of the reason why you love Ghostbusters so much is because the characters in in the original movies are so good. We love them. You know, we love Ray and Egon and Peter and Winston and Janine and Dana and, you know, it's just, you buy into them. And I think that, again, Afterlife did a good job of getting us to buy into the newer characters. And then, when the older characters show up at the end of the movie, it really feeds into the climax, and 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 you know, it does such a great job of um, establishing new characters in the right way. And look, it's got a job to do in the next movie. It's got a job to do. It's 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 got to continue to build on that, but. I just don't know that a script like this where it's just, Hey, here's some new characters. I just don't know that that would work as well. And that's just my take on it. But there's very little to take from this new blood, uh, idea, you know, cause it's just, you know, there's just not much detail on it. Um, Ghostbusters three, the best and the brightest, uh, fast forward to 2013 when Ackroyd told Larry King about a Ghostbusters three movie that would definitely hinge on the next generation since they're the only ones who can't solve the movie's big problem. Uh, The pressing issue here would be the particle physics and how they affect our four dimensions. It's based on new research that's being done in particle physics by the young men and women at Columbia University. Basically, there's research being done that I can say that the world or the dimension that we live in, our four planes of existence, length, height, width, and time, become threatened by some of the research that's being done ghostbusters or new ghostbusters would have to come and solve the problem the new ghostbusters would start out as columbia students with a lot of uh, the action taking place in the university's neighborhood or morningside heights Uh, two of the original ghostbusters themselves started out uh, as columbia adjuncts that said the movie would still bring back original characters including larry king who cameoed in the first movie if murray who was still reluctant at the time wanted to join the film there will be a place for him and that's what Ackroyd said. Um, so this one, you're less focusing on, um, you know, we, we're we just going to get some new blood in here and, and just make a Ghostbusters movie. And this one was based a little bit more on, on an idea of, you know, based on particle physics and, you know, building a story out of that. Um, but I... Yeah. Again, there's just not much here to go off of, right? One of the problems when um, you talk about some of these defunct Ghostbusters ideas that Aykroyd came up with, movies that he swore were going to be made, um, is the casting, right? I mean, even going back to the 90s, we were talking about casting... Uh, you know, Will Smith and Chris Farley. You know, you've, you've heard several names attached to Ghostbusters throughout the, the decades. Uh, again, whether it be Will Smith, Chris Farley, uh, Ben Stiller, um, all the way up to, um, I mean, you had um, Seth Rogen at, at one point um Paul Rudd's name was thrown around a lot and, and eventually that obviously has happened um my oh gosh who else was it Chris Pratt was talked about at one time um Emma Stone I remember her name being tossed around you you just had a lot of names that were thrown around that it you just it just sounded like they were picking the hottest new actors to throw in there And again, I just don't, that was one of my biggest issues is I just don't know, you know, how well that was thought out. I mean, it just kind of seemed like sometimes they were thinking, let's come up with a, a, you know, just some kind of story and we'll throw the, the hottest new actors in it and everybody will love it because we got the Ghostbusters logo on it and there you go. And I just... I just don't know that that would have worked, right? I don't know that that would have really pulled us in. Now it would have satisfied us maybe at the time for a moment because, Hey, we got some sort of new ghostbusters, but again, does it beat out a movie like afterlife that had so much thought and care and love put into it for the fans? You know, does it beat that out? I don't know. Let's keep talking. Um, ghostbusters three, uh, this was a 2014 idea. Chronicle screen uh, screenwriter Max Landis, after being bugged by Twitter followers about he would do Ghostbusters 3, <clears throat> proceeded to tweet out his own pitch. To be clear, he wasn't commissioned to write a script; he was simply giving his idea. So again, this isn't a, this is an actual script or you know anything that was talked about. It was just kind of his idea. Uh, and I've heard about this one before. It is interesting. The movie starts off with Evo Shandor, Gozer cult leader, murdering Slimer. Yes, Slimer. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Again, the Ghostbusters have become a global franchise, but in Landis' version, they've branched off into various teams. The Bang Ghostbusters business is a parody of itself, catching only a few ghosts a year, and, you know, it's kind of slowly going bankrupt Hoping to ramp up business, one of the teams who have been shut down, so that should tell you something, you know, trying to resurrect a minor ghost. Instead, they bring back Gozer. Um, Landis had distinct ideas for the different teams' dynamics, describing them as a modern comedy, uh, you know, like a Parks and Rec team, or a Rogan and Franco team, or a, a Key and peel team. And that's kind of like one of the things I just talked about is – I just don't think that's what Ghostbusters is. You know, it's not like... Like, Seth Rogen... I can never picture Seth Rogen being, a, you know, like a Ghostbusters. Because that's just not his kind of comedy, right? Um Key and Peel, I don't, don't really see them, you know, being, you know, in that vein either. I mean, it's just tough. Because you have the original team. And, and that, to me, is that's what I like about, you know, so much about Ghostbusters is, is that dynamic between Aykroyd and, you know, Harold Ramis and, um, Bill Murray, because you, you really, Bill Murray is kind of over the top, but not really. He's very, very subtle in his humor. Sometimes, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, jokes that almost don't even come off like jokes, but they're funny because you know, it is a joke. Um, Ackroyd kind of plays the straight man who somehow is still funny. And Harold Ramis plays this you know weird outlandish character who's you know all completely scientific but still comes off as funny. So there's nothing over the top. They're not trying to really shove comedy down your throat. It just kind of happens naturally within the script and within the improv. Um, but it doesn't take away from the story that's happening, from the threat that's happening. A lot of these actors, a lot of these, um, you know, comedy duos and teams that are talked about uh, in a lot of these newer scripts are guys who go for the -the over-the-top laugh a lot of times. And that's just, you know, and I understand that a lot of that has to do with generational comedy and, you know, comedy changes over time and shifts and, you know, People are different kinds of funny, you know, for instance, Will Ferrell's hilarious and Bill Murray is hilarious, but they're nothing like each other. They, they, their, their types of comedy are totally different. Um, and I don't think that Will Ferrell would work great in a Ghostbusters movie. I mean, he might, you know, he he might, but I, I don't know that his type of comedy will work great for that and bill murray i don't think would work great in a Step Brothers movie not at least not in the one they made in you know 2007 not that style of movie um so it's just different right and um that's not to say that you couldn't put some of these people in a in a Ghostbusters movie and people would like it I mean like I said you know people like Ghostbusters 2016 and that's actually a really good example right because that is a totally different kind of comedy in that movie than what is in the original Ghostbusters right and that movie has its fans so it just goes to show you that it, it doesn't mean you know there won't be people who like it it's just if you're going for the same kind of thing of the original movies you have to be very careful in who you cast in the movie and what what kind of uh you know improvisational freedom you give them and a lot of these guys just don't fit that that mold right and um you know i know that it sounds kind of crazy talking about all this because it's comedy but um it matters it does matter uh ghostbusters alive again um uh, this uh, this was kind of an Ivan Reitman uh, idea, passing the baton kind of film idea. Um, and this kind of came out in a 2013 email. Um, these new Ghostbusters would feature Vinkman's son, Chris. Yes, Chris, not Dana Barrett's son, Oscar, from Ghostbusters 2. Um, Sigourney Weaver had mentioned that her only condition for being in a Ghostbusters 3 would be that her son gets to be a Ghostbuster. Um Possible actors being considered for Chris at the time include uh, Adam Fowley from The Mindy Project, Charlie Day from uh, Pacific Rim, and Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, it seems that Chris would join the Ghostbusters team, led by Jeremy. Um, the only potential actor mentioned at the time was Jonah Hill. Comic relief would come from a character named Dean with a uh, rightman eyeing Zach Galifianakis. The villain would be Geniko the best way i know how to pronounce that with reitman and pascal pulling for Sacha bear cohen uh, and will ferrell respectively uh the two female characters mentioned were ashley uh reitman had rebel wilson in mind and joni uh he he had aubrey plaza in mind for that role though we know nothing about them uh, similarly there was a role called john to be played by aziz ansari all right I love Ivan Reitman to death. God rest his soul. Uh, rest in peace, Ivan Reitman. This kind of points directly to what I was just talking about. I These are not characters I would ever think about casting in a Ghostbusters film. However, if you look at all of these names, they were really hot actors at the time. Um, and that's kind of where you know, a lot of the thought went when it came to writing these films. I mean, you've got names in here like Jesse Eisenberg, Jonah Hill, Zach Galifianakis, Sacha Baron Cohen, Will Ferrell, Rebel Wilson, Aubrey Plaza, Aziz Ansari. These are just not people that I envision having that same style of comedy that went into the original movies. You know, and and, and look, I love a lot of these people. I mean, you know, Uh, Zach Galifianakis, Sacha Baron Cohen, Will Ferrell. um, You know, those are, those are, you know, comedic actors I love, but at the same time, it's just not, I can't envision this being much different than what you got in the 2016 film, as far as the type of comedy. I I just think you would have had something extremely similar with this. And uh, again, you know, a lot of people point to that 2016 movie and the people, you know, a lot of people who don't like that movie point to uh, the political aspect of it and how, you know, it screwed itself in the marketing and it screwed itself by, you know, throwing all this agenda around. And that may be certainly true, but I think one reason why that movie failed as largely as it did also was because of the kind of movie it was. I mean, the movie was like a two-hour SNL skit Um, where it just didn't feel like there was much of a threat there. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of a story there. There was just a lot of scenes slapped together with, uh, you know, all this extended improvisation. And I think that with these kind of comedic actors here, I think you would have seen something very similar. So I'm not really sure about that. Um... You know, you got the 2016 movie and then there was all of this talk at the time, um, about, uh, you know, an all male movie counterpart, um, and Sony that, you know, these were the days when Sony was just a few years ago when they were forming, you know, ghost Corps, and they were going to create the all male counterpart movie to the 2016, um, this so this is kind of funny at the time, you know. Ghost Corps intended to bring you know the Russo brothers, who, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame. These are not the kind of thing the the, the guys that you would see producing a Ghostbusters movie, but they are Ghostbusters fans, and they were gonna they were looking to do it, um, you know. But it didn't happen, obviously. Um, and then this was this was looking for uh, you know Channing Tatum to star again just don't see it I just don't see him being a ghostbusters guy he's kind of a guy now he's not as popular nowadays um but he was hot you know a hot name at the time um and that's kind of you know so, so all of those i just mentioned all of those scripts all of those ideas were what we heard about and what we went through for all the years and I just look at something like afterlife and I think maybe we got lucky almost that we didn't get a ghostbusters three. Maybe we got the best possible version of what we could get um, with afterlife. Maybe it actually worked out to our benefit. It's hard to say. You can never really say for sure because we never did get that ghostbusters three. So it's hard to compare. Would it have been awesome for Hell Ramus to have still been alive and make a Ghostbusters three movie just to see it. Sure. But you did get the video game. And so you kind of got it there. I know it's not the same, but you know, you got something. Um, and then I think that in afterlife, they did a good job of kind of bringing that character back to life a little bit, uh, just to give you that send off moment. So you still kind of got Egon in the movie a little bit. Um, It's just hard for me to argue that we didn't actually, you know, that that we didn't get lucky with with Ghostbusters Afterlife. And, um... You know, it's crazy that that movie's been out for two years now. But how mind-blown I still am that it exists and that, um you know, it, 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 just did everything that I wanted, uh, you know, in a, in a, a new Ghostbusters movie, bringing those characters back to life and bringing that franchise back to life. And, um, you know, just, uh, getting to experience the Ghostbusters through these new characters eyes and, uh, you know, just the feel of that movie and, and the way it was, you know, handled and, and the fact that it was a little bit different, Kind of, you know, you had this totally different space that it was taking place in. This, you know, Oklahoma scenery and, and just so different, but so well done. And, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to argue that point. It's hard It's hard for me to argue that that wasn't the best, best possible version we could have gotten. And, um, you know, I think we're incredibly lucky for that. And uh, it makes me all the more excited for the next movie. Um, but what do you guys think? what do you guys think? Follow us on social media. Let me know, comment. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure to subscribe, by the way. Um, we haven't exactly built up our YouTube, uh, following, you know, quite as a bit yet. That's a lot of that has to do with our content being few and far between right now. But, uh, you know, comment, let me know what your thoughts are on that. And, uh, you know, I'll be really interested to see, um, where this next movie picks that up and takes it. And, uh, and I think a lot of us are really interested that, uh, to see that. So, you know, we'll see and we'll discuss it when that time comes. Guys, this has been a fun little topic to talk about. Um, something that I kind of threw together and, and was, you know, excited to discuss. And, um, you know, I, I, think that, um, you know, it's, it's a, you know, just a fun topic that, that, is more fun to look back now in hindsight. Now that we actually have new Ghostbusters stuff, it was not as fun to talk about while it was actually happening because Ghostbusters just felt like such a dead franchise. But now with hindsight, um, it is a little bit more interesting to look back at that and, and, you know, all the things Dan Aykroyd gave us over the years and, um, you know, just a fun little, little Ghostbusters topic for the day there. But I hope you guys have a great week. Um, you know, we'll we'll see you uh, upcoming in another couple of weeks, and uh, you know, we'll be really close, hopefully, to a trailer at that point. So, uh, keep on the watch for that. Look, if a trailer drops any day, look for an episode of this show to come out that same day and quickly because uh, we're gonna talk about it. So. Um, you know, we're on trailer watch right now, so just keep your eyes peeled and, uh, keep your ears open and, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, there won't be too many more episodes of Ecto-1 Radio without getting to talk about a trailer and I'm excited for that. Um, but this has been Ecto-1 Radio and we'll catch you next time.